Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we've got another Case Study Sunday. And we're very excited to be talking to Sammy Morrison from Opus First Home. Yes, we do have a case study about a good old first home buyer in today's episode. And even if you are a property investor, I think you should listen to this because it shows you one technique that can be very valuable in today's market. Now, we are talking about Rebecca, who is what we'd call a starting blocks investor. And that comes from our recent book, Wealth Plan. And when we talk about somebody in the starting blocks, they're somebody looking for their first home or their first property that they're going to then use to get in the position to build a portfolio. Now, Sammy, you've been working with Rebecca. Who is she? You know, where is she in her stage of life? What's she do? So she's in her mid-30s. She's actually got a main job and a side hustle to get to this point. So she's actually a technical salesperson for a telecommunications company. And she also does sales separate to that for an outdoor advertising agency as well. So she's been saving for quite a while. Outdoor advertising agency, how does that work? I think just billboards. Yeah. She's actually been trying to buy a house since the beginning of 2020 and it just hasn't quite worked out for her yet. She's felt like she hasn't quite been prepared. She bought an expensive car. She went on an extended holiday. And things- Sounds like you. Are we talking about you, <laughs> Sammy? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. No, so she has just finally got all of her ducks in a row and timing almost seems too good to be true in this case. Now, ballpark, because I want people to get an understanding of the sort of financial position she is in. I don't know what a technical salesperson earns who also moonlights for an (laughs) advertising agency. What range of income was she kind of on, just to get a sense? Yep, so her ballpark is she's sitting at a base rate of over 100k. So she's buying this house on her own, I think it's quite important to add. And she's got quite a high commission structure, so she goes anywhere from 30 to 50k on top of that. Really good pay rate, good on her. So it might seem like a dumb question, but... Why was she looking to buy her first home? What was it that was motivating her? Her actual motivation for this was wanting to get her KiwiSaver out. She's seen it go up and down in the last <laughs> couple of years, and she'd like to make her KiwiSaver work harder for her. This is her first investment property. She's planning on living there anywhere from six months to a year, and then she'd like to keep this first home as her first step on the property ladder as an investment. That's what a lot of first home buyers I meet want to do, and in fact, that's what I did as well. Your main asset that you've got is your KiwiSaver. You want to use it and you want to follow the rules. So you buy a property, live it up for six months, then move out, turn it into an investment. And the important thing about this for first home buyers that Rebecca's doing is she's bought a new build. And I think a lot of first home buyers won't be thinking about this. You think, oh, what do I care if I buy an existing property? I mean, I'm not affected by the tax rules. Well, if you want to turn it then into an investment property, you will be affected by the tax rules. So going for new builds is going to mean shorter bright line tests for her. She's going to be able to sell it without paying capital gains if she sells it within five years. That's important for a younger person. And then on top of that, she's also going to pay lower taxes through the interest deductibility rules. And walk us through, how much deposit did she have and where did she get it from? I mean, she would have used some of those fast five deposit sources that we talk about in the book. So she actually managed to get a lower deposit setting between 10 and 13% and she used only her KiwiSaver. How much did she have? So she got lending of 600000 and then she got a just under $75,000 deposit with her KiwiSaver. Wow. She had to pay penalties of 4.5K for that low deposit. 
So she had to pay a low equity fee where uh, often that'll get added onto the loan or, or you'll pay it up front. So rather than pay a higher interest rate, normal interest rates, but have to pay a low equity premium rather than a low equity margin. So what did she end up buying? What did she get for 675 grand? So this doesn't often happen and it almost feels a little bit too good to be true. This was the first property we ended up looking at. It happened to be the same day that this property was being unsold through Opus and the deal was almost too good to be true. The right area, well under the valuation and it all worked out to be exactly what she was looking for, including to the day, the time frame that she needed to find a new house to rent. And that was actually one of my investors who had to change in circumstance. They could no longer buy the property that they were going to buy as an investment property. So a first-time buyer managed to pick it up. And they've got a pretty good valuation on it, right? Correct. It's sitting at around seven fifty, and she's bought this property for six seven five. So, so she's doubled her KiwiSaver amount on paper. Great. And I think that's one of the benefits of working with someone like Opus First Home or, or Sammy, who acts as a buyer's agent, because this is a deal that wasn't actively available on the market. This wasn't something that was advertised, right? That's correct. It's entirely off market. We actually went through about three or four different property options as well. This was the first we presented to her and none of the numbers, keeping in mind she wants to keep this eventually as an investment property, none of the numbers that we presented her with came close to this sort of deal. Well, I know that property would make a good investment because I recommended it in the first place. And what are some of the hurdles that Rebecca had to overcome to buy this first home? The biggest hurdle she had to overcome was this was an incredibly tight time frame. So we presented her to this two weeks before settlement was actually due, or three weeks before settlement, two weeks before practical completion. So it was a very fast turnaround for her to have to deal with her professionals, and we've been able to help her out quite a bit along the way. Okay, and she needed to be speedy because this property was settling and she was getting it nominated from a different investor. That's right. So you've got to fit in everything that would typically take, you know, over a month with a first-home buyer usually into the space of, say, two or three weeks seeing settlement was approaching. So what did she have to do? So I'm thinking about people listening to the show who's like, oh, this sounds quite good. And, of course, these deals are not available all day, every day. You've got to be in the position to take them. So what made this first-home buyer, Rebecca, able to press go so quickly when a first-home buyer would take longer. So she's actually been looking at property options since, you know, beginning of a couple of years ago, 2020 is when she started. So she had an existing relationship, not only with her bank, but with a really good mortgage broker who was able to help her get the confidence about getting finance for this. She had an existing relationship with a property lawyer as well. And she was pretty clued up about where she was at and what she'd be able to do. If you've been in the market for almost three years, you kind of know a good deal when you see one, right? And I think it's important for investors who are at the starting block looking for their first home right now, but something that's suitable as an investment later on. How is she going to use this particular property to springboard her into a building an investment portfolio in the future? Absolutely. So look, she's got such a good deal now. She's buying quite you know, quite dramatically under market valuation. So she's actually fast forwarded herself a couple of steps already by buying something so, so much under market valuation. So this is going to get her to her goals a whole lot quicker. And the important thing here, right, is that if she didn't get such a good deal, she'd be at ballpark 90% LVR. Now she would have to pay off 10% of her home's value before she could even borrow an extra dollar against that property for the deposit as an investment. So she'd have to pay off a lot of debt and then she'd have to pay off even more debt before she would be able to borrow against this property 
for her next one. Now, here's the thing. After six months, yep, she does have the ability to move out and turn this into an investment, but she also has the ability to revalue that house. Now, if she'd paid off quite a bit more, she'd be able to borrow something against that for the deposit as an investment property. But my point here is because she has been able to buy it so undervalue, she's advanced herself several years into the future, or rather I should say she's going to be able to buy her next property much, much sooner than she otherwise would have been able to. And that's the really cool thing about this story. And for a regular person who maybe already owns their first home or is looking at their first home and they're just buying a, a normal property, what kind of things can they do to get into a position where they can continue to expand their portfolio? No, that's straight from the book. I can answer that. So in Wealth Plan, the way we see things is once you've bought your first property, what are you got to do? You've got to build your equity is usually the main thing we see investors need to work on. Now, there are two ways to do that. You either smash down that mortgage while you're also waiting for capital growth or you renovate your property. And you know what? Depending on which route you're going to go down is going to change what property you buy in the first place. So for this investor, she bought a new build, right, Sammy? So the standard strategy would be to use the mortgage buster and the earn baby earn strategies, which are increase your income and then pay off debt as quickly as possible. You would use those two strategies. And in the book, we talk about exactly how you do that. But you would use that course of action to build equity within your property. Now, had she bought an existing property, one just, you know, one that had been lived in before, that's where you'd renovate it to increase its value. So that's typically how a first-home buyer would go from the starting blocks through to running the race. And I do like to call them starting blocks investors because how many of the first-home buyers you work with, Sammy, eventually want to build an investment portfolio? I'd say upwards of 90%. We don't have many people coming to us who don't see themselves as early investors. And so buying your first home, yep, that's your first step. But it's how you use that to get into the next one. And one of the things I'd say there as well, I mean, Rebecca was buying in Auckland. She's bought at something that's a, a reasonable price. It's, you know, it's well below what the median house price is in Auckland. Buying something that's affordable is such a good way to make your future purchases sooner. And I tell you what, if you want 2023 to be the year where you buy your first time, or I tell you what, even if you know somebody who wants to buy their first time, we've got in a week and a half, in-person events. That's right. We're doing our first in-person seminars and probably since pre-COVID actually on the 7th and the 8th of December. We've got one in Christchurch and one in Auckland that we're doing. And I tell you what, I'll put the link in the description or if you just go to opuspartners.co.nz, we'll put a link somewhere on the website so you can sign up for your free ticket for that. Right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Edward Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we'll be back in tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 